The reading today is from 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16, through chapter 2, verse 3. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when we received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well and pay attention as to to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed, and their greed will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. This is God's word. Amen. Well, nine days ago, our kids were in school. We were contemplating whether or not we should have the women's retreat this weekend. Women, you would be 30-something of you would have been away this weekend at Massanetta. We were looking at the changes that were happening, but wow, have things moved fast. We are now getting closer to a shutdown of so many things and our lives are being altered in so many ways. There is so much we don't know right now, so much speculation going on. Some of it is true, some is not. We don't know. My letter this week, if you didn't get it, I just want to emphasize to us that this is an opportunity for us to grab on to an eternal perspective that we're going to have change upon change upon change and the uncertainty is going to naturally cause us to have anxiety and fear and wondering not only about what's happening now not only about the health concerns but what's going to happen of course everyone's talking about what's going to happen economically this is a worldwide phenomenon it's not just limited to our county or just the u.s this is happening all over the world and there's so much we don't know but the great thing i'm so grateful to be a christian at this time because God does know and understand. Well, we, nobody's going to have perfect knowledge, and we are desperate to find experts that can tell us exactly when a vaccine will be developed or when treatment will come out or what will the 
you know, when will the rolls of toilet paper or meat arrive in our groceries? We want people to tell us with assurance what's going to happen. And we're going to be living for some period of time in, in a uncertainty and our new realities are going to be born out of this. This is a time to cling and feed ourselves with eternal truth. So please be cautious about not just consuming 24-7 all the noise that is going on out there. I'm not saying we can't be informed about what's happening, but we've got to be balancing it with truth that lasts and matters, okay? This is so important, so important. So this morning, as we're, as we're looking, I, I've been thinking about, well, do we continue to do sort of a special series uh, kind of based on let's, let's not be anxious and do that? And I, I think there's, interestingly enough, something we, we had just started two weeks ago, a, a message on Second Peter. And I think that the messages of Second Peter and Jude speak so well to what's going on with us right now. It's, it's just uncanny to me. And so I want us to continue on, and I'll be contextualizing some of the things in light of the unusual days that we're living in. But I also think that God's truth speaks to us, and we need to immerse ourselves in truth that is truth all the time. And so what Benjamin uh, read this morning from Second Peter, if you have your Bible, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 16. 2 Peter chapter 1, we're starting at verse 16. But let me, if you weren't with us two weeks ago, uh, let me just say what, what 2 Peter is about. We, we in our first uh, message on 2 Peter two weeks ago, talked about the purpose of the letter was found in the verses just preceding this, in verses 12 through 15. And Peter says, Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth you already have. So Peter's purpose is to remind them of what they already know in order to stir them up by way of reminder, because he knew that he was going to be dying soon. He talks during this letter that he's going to be putting off his body in verse 14 soon, and he knew, the Lord had told him that he was going to be going, and he knew they were going to be tempted to be shaken by what was happening in their world. Now, for them, it was people, false teachers, telling them untruths. A little different than our context, but we are, Peter was trying to say, look, keep reminding yourself of what you already know, because when circumstances change, it is what we are rooted in, it is what we are grounded to that's going to matter. And he uses language in verse 12. He says, I uh, want you to know that, that you are established in the truth you already have. We talked about that word established, sterizo, means uh, it, it has the imagery of like a trellis. You are um, wrapped around something that's stable at a time when you're growing and you aren't, aren't sure quite what's going to be there or not. And boy, do we need something stable right now because really we don't know what's coming we, we just, there's so many things we don't know. So, if you remember, I brought in just a stick. 
and a um, uh, dirt. And I said I was going to put a plant in. Now, this is two weeks from today. Look at the pea plant, right? Now, I don't know if you can see this or not, but there is a, it has already begun to wrap its little tentacle. I guess it's a tentacle. Some of you botanists can tell me. Tendril. Tendril. Thank you, Bruce. A tendril around the stick. Can you see that? That's the rizzo. Okay? So we'll just keep our little plant growing. Hopefully, as we come out on the other side of this, it's to some extent. But this plant is showing us, it is establishing itself on something firm. Something that will enable it to stand. And that's what Peter says to do with the truth that's before us. So he's stirring up the people by way of reminder. Okay, The world's going to say, uh, as it did in Peter's day, look, these doctrines, these things that are in the Bible, they're kind of, faith is irrelevant. Right? What you need is, fill in the blank, what you need are is this kind of information, or what you need in his day was the teachers, uh, the false teachers, were saying what you need is to live in this way, which was not God's way. But they were saying, look, his particular issue was they were saying, look, the apostles, the disciples, Peter, those guys, they, they don't really know what to talk about. They're just guessing. They don't know. They talk about this day of the Lord coming, and we'll talk more about what the day of the Lord is. But, guys, that, the day of the Lord, too, that this, these uh, false teachers were leading people. No day of reckoning. There's no day of the Lord. And so they were involved in sexual immorality. They were involved in uh, greed. They were taking money that they shouldn't have been taking. And it was, uh, you know, awful. But the way they justified it was to say, look, we're Christians, we're followers of this, this way, but this, doc, this particular doctrine of the day of the Lord and the coming of the Lord and, and the apostles don't really know what they're talking about. And so Peter is realizing how much this is going to shake the world of the churches for which he is responsible for. And so he's saying, root yourself, establish yourself in truth that you've been given. And then he says to them, it's already been, you've already been given the power to live in a godly way in tumultuous times. And I just want to say that to you right now, all of us. Look, I don't, if you're anxious and fearful, man, I, I'm in the club. I, I fight almost every day waking up with some level of anxiety and fear. And so what I'm doing is muting the fear channels and, and whatever your fear channels are. Maybe it's voices in your own head saying, what if, what if, what if? Maybe it's the channels on TV or radio that are saying, what if, what if? I'm muting those, trying to get information that may be helpful, but not a steady diet, but I'm immersing myself in truth that's going to be true a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, 10 years from now, or when I'm breathing my last, what's going to be true then are the words of the Lord. And 
Peter was trying to tell his people this, and, and he says, look, I know it's true because I was an eyewitness. Our truth, that rod to which like that tendril was wrapped around, is the truth that Jesus Christ was died and rose from the dead. We talked about that last week, that the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, of which Peter was an eyewitness of the death and resurrection, says, this keeps me grounded. This keeps me rooted. Okay? So we need to also just remember that God is bigger. Even than this, this is big, guys. I'm not trying to underplay what's going on. Our world's come to a grinding halt. And, and a lot of people are suffering physically, and we need to come alongside and, and donate to organizations. I noticed Samaritan's Purse and others are trying to do incredibly, be the church in the forefront of this. So I'm not trying to downplay and say, well, just read the Bible and ignore what's going on. God is not out of control. God is not surprised. And we need to take uh, this eternal perspective, even as we live right now, with the natural inclination to, you know, what's going to happen with uh, the economics and the health and all that. So we need to take a balance in this. Finally, from the first week, it says that the application of these promises of God is going to be found at, in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Epigenosis, the knowledge, is not just, okay, I, I you know, kind of assent intellectually to the fact uh, of these truths. No, epigenosis is, is knowledge gained through firsthand relational understanding. Okay? We know our family members, and we know them because we have relational firsthand knowledge of them, not because we've read about them in a book somewhere. So these things, the knowledge of Jesus Christ, the immersion in eternal truth is going to help us. Let me just say as an aside, one of the things that uh, I want to do, Brian and I will be talking about, is we want to put together a resource list for you, and we will make it available hopefully early this week. As you're at home, how and your schedules are turned upside down, many of us working from home, or uh, where are some of the resources we can go to? Uh, Nancy's going to give some for children. We've talked about right now media, but that's you know huge uh, library of things. We're going to try to give you some specific things uh, to to watch or to listen to that would be positive. Not every one of them will be for every person. Some will be more geared for adults. Some more geared for children. Some for families. Um, there'll be specifics, but we're going to try in this environment to make available to you some ideas as to things you can do to grab onto and cling on to the truth. So, um, all right, so let's go back. Peter talks about a specific event that happened to him, and this marked him. So in verse 16, he says, We didn't follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power. I can only imagine he says that because that's what he was being accused of. Peter spends a lot of time talking about things that we don't necessarily think a lot about. The day of the Lord, the coming of the Lord. But this is what he was being attacked on, so this is what he responded to. What these cleverly devised myths, he says, we, we didn't follow those. 
to talk about the coming of Jesus Christ. But look at what he says in verse 16. We were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Now, when were they eyewitnesses of his majesty? Well, let's see in verse 17. For when he received honor and glory from God and the voice was born or carried to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard, Peter and James and John, heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. What's that referring to? Well, the Mount of Transfiguration. The first three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all tell the story of when they were invited by Jesus up onto a mountain, and they were uh, with him, and all of a sudden they get a vision and a glimpse of the majestic Jesus, not the Jesus coming who was going to die in the servant's role as the Lamb of God, but in white, honored by God in basically what would be a second coming in his majesty and in his glory. And they also saw a vision of Moses and Elijah. And remember, Moses is the lawgiver. He, he represents more than anything else to the Jew, the law. Elijah, the, the ultimate prophet and miracle worker, and yet the voice from heaven says, this is my beloved son, referring to Jesus, in whom I'm well pleased, listen to him. So for Peter, I mean, who? I'd remember that. I don't know about you, but if that happened to me, I think I'd remember. And so he is responding to these teachers who had not seen this. And they were saying, look, the disciples, they're just telling you stories. And Peter says, no, I saw it with my own eyes. I was an eyewitness to this. Believe me when I say that I got a glimpse of Jesus coming in glory the way he'll come the second time. Now, there's a phrase in the Bible, the day of the Lord. It's used all throughout the Bible. Very important concept. And it's referring to this day of the, of the second coming of the Lord. It's referring to a day when the reckoning happens, when Jesus Christ coming not as the Lamb of God, sacrificed, where evil men, we all put our sins upon him. He was subject to us, but he comes in his revealed glory and sets things right. A day where there's no disease, no virus. A day where the, the wrongs are uncovered, where every lie is, truth is made known. And it's referred to all throughout the day of the Lord is coming. There's a day of reckoning. And so those who fool themselves, Peter says, with their sin, as these teachers were, because if there's no day of reckoning, then what the heck? Do whatever you want, right? Because if you're never going to get found out, if, you're never, if there's never a time where things are made right, it's really hard to keep doing right. But if you know that in the injustice to keep doing the right thing, to keep putting Jesus Christ first and his word, even when I know it's hard. I know for so many of us it's hard to keep doing what we know we should be doing. But he says, look, there's a day of the Lord coming. And it's not that we live in fear of that. No, for Christians, it's a day of great joy because what, what we only see in part now 
we'll see in full and, and in reality. And so Peter says, look, the, the day, since the day of the Lord is coming, right, live in the light now. Live like that. So let's continue to read because he says, look, I, I know because I saw it. We heard this voice. And he says in verse 19, and we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention as a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this, first of all, for no prophecy was ever produced. Oh, no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So remember, Peter didn't have the New Testament. When he was writing this, there weren't the canon of Scripture in the New Testament. So he's referring to uh, the, the Old Testament, the things that he had, that uh, when he talks about in verse uh, 19, we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed. The word had pointed to Messiah, to his coming, and they saw that now in Jesus, it was clear to them that what we've discussed this so many times, all of the scripture points like a big arrow to Jesus Christ being the fulfillment. And Peter, having been an eyewitness of the Mount of Transfiguration, the glory, having seen him die and rise again, seeing the resurrected Christ being forgiven for his failure and sin, Peter was saying, look, the prophetic word of what the scripture taught is perfectly clear and sure to me. And so the scripture in verse 20, no prophecy comes from someone's own interpretation, is, is a little bit confusing because don't we all interpret scripture? I mean, well, yeah, that's, it's not saying that, well, my, you know, my interpretation of scripture is the right one. No one else can. Everybody interprets scripture and we sit and collectively as a community and we we look at scripture together and we look at it to do that. What he's saying is, is that it's not up to us to say, well, this part of scripture is true and God's word can't be true because X, Y, or Z. We have this right in, in the church and in the world now, right? We, we can talking about it, saying you can't, you can't play that game. You can't do that. That no prophecy of scripture over his word. Sure, we need to wrestle with what it means, Men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So the scripture, we carry this tension. It wasn't written to just God said this. God got the words he wanted written through men. And so when we read, we have to read with the idea of they were men writing in a certain time period for their issue wanted to say through human beings. Teachers we're teaching that Bible doesn't mean what it says. We have the truth. We've figured out of the truth of Jesus. It is confirmed in me. We need to know. Now, the way you know for sure is once you put your trust in him. If you want your doubts taken away 100% prior to committing, it's just not going to happen. However, Peter was not only an eyewitness, but he was an ear witness. What do I mean? He heard the voice of the Lord speaking, saying, This is my beloved son. Listen to him. 
So we not only need to be eyewitnesses to the extent we can to know God, we get to be ear witnesses. He's left us his word, and we get to witness his word changing us. Faith, it says, comes by hearing in the book of Romans, and hearing comes by... I so much appreciate your allowing me to come into your homes. We'll continue to adjust day by day, week by week, to what our opportunities are. Please reach out to me, uh, or to Brian, or whatever. Let's connect where we can. If it's appropriate to connect in person, be great, but I understand for many, many, that will be uh, difficult. Um, but would love to connect virtually um, if, if you can and have time. So would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, thank you. Lord, your word says that shaking comes to help us learn remains after the shaking is gone. Lord, we're being shaken right now. And we ask for your miraculous intervention in the illness, the disease that's running rampant. But Lord, we ask that you would make a way for your glory and your light to come through your working in your church as well as just your own sovereign work. We want to be found faithful as a church worldwide right now to serve our heart. Let it be something that establishes us and gives us when we're tempted to the words from Matthew put on, isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being you even Solomon in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these? But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, don't be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we be added to you? Therefore, don't be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own. And also he said, Fear not, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom.